Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hey, y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. This episode of Sewing Out Loud is brought to you by the Made to Measure Leggings class from SewHere.com. This online class brings ZD right into your sewing room to show you how to measure, draft, and construct a pair of leggings based on your personal measurements. Go to SewHere.com leggings to find out more and get access to all the videos and course materials immediately. That's SewHere.com leggings. Welcome to Sewing Out Loud, the official podcast of ZD Sewing Studio. Here are your hosts, ZD and Mallory. Sewing Out Loud. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Mallory Donahue. And I'm ZD Donahue. I started it out correctly that time. I was going to say, you're telling me to pay attention. I'm like, "Ah, maybe you should. I don't know if anybody ever watched the Strong Bad Internet cartoons. Uh, oh, I don't think I know yeah, about I them. You probably, it's probably not something you were into, Mom. <laughs> okay. Uh, he would open the emails, and uh, at one point, like, something glitched. He's like, that's never happened before. And then, like, next time he opened the email, it opened up, and he's like, that's not, oh, wait, that happens all the time. And I always <laughs> think about that. It's like, there are lots of intentional jokes in that web series, but that one was, like, the funniest to me. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm sorry. And if you do know what I'm talking about, I used to have a Trogdor t-shirt. Okay, moving on. I do know what Trogdor is, I believe. Well, that's from the Strong Bad okay. uh, web series. I got to go look that up. That would be a good laughing thing. Uh, if you need to laugh. I need to laugh sometimes. Okay, we have a good Q&A podcast today. We got some good, a couple of good cues that we can A. Uh We may have talked about some of these a little bit before, but we'll just get a little more specific here. The first one is from Marissa. Not Marisa. Marisa, you are a different person. Okay. (laughs) Just so you know. Marisa, who I've been... You guys, you're two different people. Marisa, who I've been talking to for several years. Okay. Uh, But this is from Marissa. And she says, hey, gals, I was wondering. So either of you you ever use an industrial, uh, industrial machines? I don't think I've ever heard you guys talk about them, although I haven't listened to every single episode, and was just wondering what your thoughts were on the topic. And then I was kind of responding and to her, and then she said, oh, I just listened to an episode where you mentioned them. So I'm like, oh, wait, did we already talk about this? <laughs> we never know what... We- our, our, we'll have a we'll have a podcast labeled a certain way, and then we have to listen to it to see exactly what exactly. we talked about about the yeah it's How hard. We said it. We really we try not to lie so that we can be consistent. 
We don't lie. We just don't remember. (laughs) Don't remember properly. Okay. We don't purposefully lie, whatever that means. The first thing that we want to clarify here with this question is something that Zidi brought up, is that the term industrial, it's getting thrown around a lot these days, right? Yeah. So why don't you talk about industrial versus commercial? industrial gets somewhat misused, but I think we all sort of understand when it's getting used what they mean I guess right so I believe what she she's really referring to is a what we call a commercial machine sure that means it's used in commercial sort of instances like Mm -hmm. um alterations people will use them they're used in uh you know drapery shops things like this and the motor is not contained within the machine. It's an outboard motor. It's an outboard, yeah. <laughs> so what you will see is you will see a machine that looks just like a machine uh-huh. sitting on a table, but you will look underneath and the motor will be attached to the table somewhere right. else because it's really big mm-hmm. and it's really strong. So these are just like regular sewing machines. Mm-hmm. Now, some of them are straight stitch only. Some of them do have a, a lot of them are straight. A lot of them are straight stitch only, and they're really fast. They're really fast, and you know they take a licking and keep on ticking. So this would be like a machine that say that again. They take a licking and keep on. That's a t- old <laughs> take time. Take a licking and keep do on. Do you know ticking. what a Timex watch watch yes, is? Okay, yes. that was. I just I liked it. Oh, that was they they used to be Timex's <laughs> tagline, and they would like you know put it on an elephant's foot or something, sure. and you know and then it would and it would be all crushed and mangled, but it was so, still. So these machines, uh, also I think sometimes the presser feet are a little special. Well, oftentimes, here's another place where we get kind of confused, okay? The power can be on a knee Uh lever, Mm -hmm. okay? So the foot pedal has been moved up and put into a little contraption that's under this table. Right. Okay. Where it has a lever that will push on the power pedal. Okay. So the knee lever is part of the table, not part of the machine. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not always true because now sometimes you will have a knee lever to actually raise the presser foot. On the and you'll have the po- so then your power is going to be on the floor. Yeah, because okay. you know with a commercial machine, so we love knee lifts for raising the presser foot. Right. So on a home machine, on our home machine. Now when you say, "Oh, but my grandma had a knee lift," and that's how- no, if you really, really looked at your grandma's machine and got into the guts of it, her home machine, the pet, the pre- the pedal, the mm-hmm. power pedal was affixed inside the cabinet, right, and that knee lever was part of the cabinet. Right. Okay. So what I want to say is we love the knee lift for raising the presser foot right. on our home machines, but a lot of times in this commercial instance, they don't need that kind of capability. That's right. Because they are doing sometimes a really long seam, like I think about the factories where they make sheets. Right. Okay. Or they're running through and kind of chaining. They're, they're doing chain- like a... Don't say chain. Say clothesline for me. Okay. Because a chain stitch is a chain stitch. Right? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> this, well, this gets said wrong, too. I, uh, yep. You know, <laughs> you, okay, you, you're when you're taking lining. a piece and not lifting your foot and putting another piece under right. and not cutting in between, you're clotheslining. So, Makes sense, right? Because if you lift it up, it looks like it's, it's like hanging a on a clothesline. A chain stitch is a chain stitch. So, it's a different type of stitch. They're just keeping on going. They're not even right. raising their right. presser the, And they're pro- they, 
very easily could be one function. And so if you're if you're in a sweatshop, uh-huh. you aren't making a blouse. No. You might be making collars. Or you're making or, the side seam. Or you're making or the side whatever. seam. And, and yeah. you might only be, like, making the inside stitch of the collar. Somebody somebody else is then turning it right side out, and somebody else is top stitching okay, it. Okay, now I said presser foot earlier, and then you jumped to the power foot. Right. I was talking about the presser foot. Right. Okay. And so then, power foot runs your machine. Yes. And presser foot is what's on top of your feed dogs. Right, so that's that holds was, your fabric that's down. What I was going to talk about. Oh, I'm sorry. Power foot. Excuse me. I'm sure me. you weren't confused okay. or anything. No. The power foot is like the accelerator. Yeah, that's not what I was talking about. Right. So we're let's circle back to when I said presser foot. Okay. And it brings us though to this clotheslining. A lot of times, mm-hmm. it uh, these commercial machines will kind of have a a flex action foot, right. like on your serger is where we see these a little more often where you can pop that toe up with your thumb in order to feed that next piece under there, saving time. And the presser feed on these machines will often be one piece, okay, versus So it's the whole ankle and the foot. And the foot versus these snap-on feet that you see on uh, more modern machines. The other thing you'll see is a foot that is very specifically a commercial or industrial type foot. So when you said, you know, lift, you can lift up the front, sometimes it's just curled up so it's really much curled. that you can, like, right, you can just slide that next piece under it. Are right. exposed a bit so that right. you can just feed it. Right. It's just so high okay. compared to. So, the, and, and the reason we want to talk about commercial versus mm-hmm. industrial, because, you know, ZD is always saying, okay, it's a commercial machine that maybe you're looking at those Taxos online. Right. Uh, I can't remember what other brands they come. Well, under. actually, they're all exactly exact same, same machine thing. with like a different paint yeah, job. Different. So, yep, exactly. Right. And it looks it looks much more utilitarian. And right. the word industrial comes to mind, right. you know, for sure. But we call those a commercial machine. And what we would say an industrial machine is is a machine more with a specific construction purpose for instance it does one job yeah. like it's it's a hammer yeah or um thinking about like your your um you know workout wear your yeah. your that kind of wear your your sports wear there might be a stitch that involves like six threads that's you know top stitching a seam and putting it together at the same time and one machine will do that. You feed like the two pieces of fabric right. in, and it does the job. Like making jeans. Where jeans. It's like, this is yes. a flat feller or so, so shoes. Shoes. Same thing. So it does one thing. So it's this big hunking machine that does one thing that you know one person is running and knows how to do that and knows how to feed you know, those fabrics or materials through there to get that effect. Yeah, so I don't know, like, you know, Merriam-Webster's dictionary doesn't have, like, an entry for industrial sewing machine, you know, or commercial (laughs) sewing machine. But that's kind of where we're working from. So commercial machines, they will have that, you know, external motor. I jokingly said outboard like a boat, you know. (laughs) Uh, we d- so we don't have one of those in our sewing room. No. Okay. We, now, have I worked on one? Absolutely. You, you in know, in a in a you know commercial shop. setting in yes. a costume yes. shop in an alteration shop. We have to take this measuring gauge away from me because I think it caused problems last. Did it? I think I dropped it and made a noise. Clink clink clink. It's it's kind of a chime. It's, it's it sounds like to... someone's chiming in. 
So you have worked on one in those environments, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you know who uses one of those who I follow just quite often is uh, Red Threaded, Cynthia Setye. Uh-huh. She is a corset maker. She like makes... So she's going through layers and layers and of things. Yes. she makes like five billion yards of boning channeling uh-huh. and bias. Right. She binds these corsets and she does them for touring productions, for Broadway productions. Uh- and and for personal use now, too. I I but, will tell you. You know, if someone goes from a what we call a low end machine, I mm-hmm. wish we had a different name. Entry level entry machine. Entry level. We do have a different it, name. You know, yeah. entry level <laughs> machine or something that has a um, I um alternating current motor. Uh-huh. Say, you know, it's not very sturdy. It's not very strong. And then they go to commercial machine. They're gonna think this commercial machine is so strong right. and so fast and so wonderful. Now, if you go from a, you know, what? So if it's entry level, mid mid, it's level. not exit level or uh, yeah. Well, so if you go into a higher level machine, yeah. right? Whether it be mid to high or whatever. Now, there some things about it are that it's fancy. Mm-hmm. But other things about it are it has a stronger direct current motor. Right. Right. It probably sews faster, more stitches per minute, so mm-hmm. to speed. So to speak. Speed. Yeah. So to speed. So to speed. So to speed. Is that S-E-W? Right. To speed. So what what I am what I'm going to say to you is there are many home machines now mm-hmm. that can do some things that a commercial machine can do. They, you know, they're not, they, their motor isn't as big. Right. Um, it probably won't um, run as hard or as long. Right. Maybe. But for instance, a commercial machine, especially I remember being in the costume shop. Okay. We used to alter shoes and things like sure. that. Okay. Yeah. So like, you know, like, Maybe it was some sort of, um, what do I want to say, Jesus time play, like Children of Eden. I didn't know how to. That's Old Testament. Old Testament. There you go. Jesus Jesus time, whatever. Bible play. (laughs) Biblical play. There you go. I didn't know. Yeah, and Joseph. All I was thinking, okay, what I was thinking of was Jesus boots, and that's what they used to call sandals when I was growing up. That's what they called them, guys. (laughs) So you're making sandals. Right. So you're not making sandals, but you've bought all these sandals. Okay. Right. And they don't fit everybody the same yeah. way, and they're and they are not like adjustable. We would like be sewing the straps, sure. altering, and we would get on the industrial machine mm-hmm. because it went through that leather or plastic or whatever the heck you know whatever material was. was. But I could actually alter a shoe, mm-hmm. you know, on that, which maybe you know at that time. Now we're talking like thirty years go-ish you know the um <laughs> other machine they had in the shop wouldn't do that so yeah. well okay so we always podcast here and i'm like right next right. to the destiny and i just did the bread proofing but bowl. i just sewed a shoe on the destiny okay. yeah, just right, to tell right. you like the other day so yeah we, and we sew like carpets on right. our serger right however i wouldn't want to sew like 20 bread bowls a day on my destiny, I would not year. buy my destiny to sew sh- so sandals or forever or carpets or anything like that. It's a, yes, it's a matter of priorities and funds. Right. So sometimes when people would come into the store and be like, "Oh my gosh, that's exactly what I was going to say." Were you going to say? Yes, Let's say it together. Sometimes, sometimes pe- when people, people would come, come in the, the store, store and okay. they would say, <laughs> "But I want a machine that will sew." Jeans or drapes or leather, leather, 
what else? Uh, yeah, and they would, uh, whatever. They would have an idea yeah. in their brain. Right. Okay, so like one of the things they wanted to sew someday was something with a little leather in it, and right. they thought they needed an industrial machine. Right. Okay, so then I'd get out the Sophia, which is now the Verve, okay, and I would put my 10 layer of denim sample under it, and I would sew through it. Right. Now, do I want to sew over 10 layers of denim for 16 hours a day on the Sophia for, you know, five for years? For 100 years. No, probably, probably not. not. But do, you know, will this come up against a thickness on my fantasy handbag and handle it? Right. You know, if I treat things well, if I do things like that, if we want to alter a if shoe I have every the, once and, in a while. And, you know, I'm going to have the right, good, strong needle. Uh-huh. Okay? Uh-huh. I'm going to have the right thread. And this is where... And I'm not going to buzz it through. I may have to walk hand the, walk this through in a place or two. Down. Maybe. Maybe. Right. But, well. you know, it's so... I'm not going to buy an industrial machine if I think I want to sew leather once every two or three years. Right. Yeah. So and so you get the industrial machine, and industrial machines actually. So destiny. Our commercial machine. Oh, excuse that me. Industrial. Yes, excuse yep. me. I'm so sorry. And oh, yeah. You you okay? You don't want an industrial machine. No. It costs like five hundred million dollars, and it does one thing. You know, according yeah. to our definition, you're gonna like go get one thing that'll sew one seam on a shoe. You know, or something. right. <laughs> so we. Uh, what was I saying? Ah, where was it coming from? We wouldn't buy an industrial machine Okay, if. the funds, the funds. Yeah. Okay, people think, I'm going to get this commercial machine, call it an industrial machine, you know, they're going to get this commercial machine. They're actually not, in the grand scheme of sewing machines, too terribly expensive. I'd say a couple thousand dollars. Commercial okay. machines? Yeah. Yeah, I think you can buy one for about $1,200, $1,500. Like, They're not fancy. Uh, right, because the destiny here, I mean, we're talking right. many thousands of dollars. Well, and the other thing about but, a commercial machine, if you you may find an alteration shop selling one right. or, or closing down or what. Getting rid of and it. And honestly, it's such a straightforward machine, it's not hard to work on. No. You know, and not a lot can go wrong with them. So what I'm saying is. And they're though, mechanical. When someone has a limited budget, right. okay, let's pretend they only have $1,300. Okay. And that's a good budget for a sewing machine. Oh, However, yes. you know, yeah, that's like when I'm saying expensive and inexpensive, right. I'm talking about the full spectrum of what's available. Right. But if someone has a $1,300 budget, a lot of people would hate to see it go toward a machine that just did a straight stitch. Right. Whereas they could get a machine that has some decorative stitches, has some different feet, let them do different functions. It's a little bit of a limiting situation. Right. Also, they can take up quite a bit of space. They do. I've had and they're heavy. Yeah. And honestly, not everyone will work on them. Yeah. So yeah. Your, home, your, your tech that's in your home, you know, your home sewing machine dealership, uh-huh. right? Might say, no, I don't work on them. Right. They don't have the room for them, and they don't want to come out to your house. Right. So you need to check and make sure that you can get that serviced. Yes. Now, there's another thing. There's a hybrid, right? Yeah. So Baby Lock now has what we call it's the accomplish. The accomplish. Right. Good used, job remembering used to be that the name. Jane. You used to be the yes. Jane. I feel so accomplished. I feel so accomplished. So the quilter's choice. Oh, is professional. that what? It, quilter's Choice Professional, the right. The Quilter's Choice Professional, too. There was a Quilter's Choice and a Quilter's Choice Professional. It was the professional. It was the professional. Right. And there was professional, too. Then there was a Jane, and then there was a second Jane where the name didn't change, but the light changed and the part number changed. And now we have the Accomplish. Right. And here we are. And what I see with the Accomplish is you have a really strong machine. Uh-huh. Okay. With a big throat plate area. Yeah. 
throat area, yeah. not the plate. The plate, of course, same thing. <laughs> but um, it has the uh, rotary hook system. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it has, well, and it has all of the um, thread lifts and th- stuff. Thread lifts attached to it, things like that. But it has these little things that the home sewer wants. Right. The light. Yes. Right? Yeah, uh, those commercial machines. Commercial machines, you have to buy a light. Get a light. It will not have yeah. a light on it, okay? Sometimes. So you yeah. have to have like a gooseneck light of some sort usually. At least I do or I can't see. Um, so that's our hybrid. Yeah, it brings in the conveniences that a home sewer might want. Right. And we like to call that accomplish uh, the Jane or whatever kind of semi-commercial. Right. We just did a podcast. About I've, that call, a I've called ago. it a quasi-commercial, quasi you know, semi. hybrid, whatever. I mean, you know, yeah. we throw around these little terms. And your tech will work on it. Mm-hmm. And you can lift it and move it. Right. There's just all these things that are very nice. And it will make drapes. Yeah. You know, and it will make jeans. And, and it will sew on leather. And it doesn't grunt or carry on, you know. And, I mean, so now, what about the stitches, Mallory? There's one stitch. There's one Straight stitch. stitch. Does it backstitch, though? Yeah, yeah, backstitch. Yeah, some commercial machines Don't do not backstitch. Now, I, that may depend on the age. Yeah, yeah. They, they may have added well, that. I don't know. Well, there's a lot of, right. of course, there's variations right. in what's made. And right. um, the people like making sewing machines, they didn't ask us right. what we would and, do. <laughs> and the Accomplish has a knee lift that lifts oh, the presser yes, foot. absolutely. Okay. Um, so and, it has a flex action foot, uh-huh. and it has a foot without the flex action, That's too. right. Just thought I'd bring that up. Yep. But uh, the other thing I want to bring up is the speed okay, right. of, of these machines. So you'll see a machine that has, uh, it'll say 650 stitches per minute, mm-hmm. and then you go up to 1,500 and blah, blah, blah. And people will say, I don't want to go that fast all the time. Of course, you don't want to go that fast all the time. But what that does is it does give the needle more piercing power. So if you take a needle and you just throw it lightly at a piece of fabric, it's going to bounce off, right? <laughs> okay. Uh, it's uh, You're saying it doesn't have the speed behind yes, it. Yes. Like if you throw a bullet at the right. target, it's just going to bounce off the paper. Okay. But when it has some speed behind it, you know, industrial needles, they're different a little bit, but it's not like they're some Mm-mm. magical thing. No, it, they're it, very... You know, the sh- maybe the, the maybe the is, butt's different or something on right. it. Right, it'll but, be like a round needle. But it's a very you know. similar, yeah, you're not, it's not like it's a stronger, bigger, no, whatever needle. No. It really has a lot to do with the motor being right. able to give that consistent mm-hmm. speed. So, yeah, it's sort of, it can be a little confusing when someone says, but will this machine go through well, this thickness? Because I put up on the bread proofing bowl, what I brought up while I was doing the video is, the most important thing with this is basically keeping your foot level, okay, while going over this thickness. It is quarter-inch clothesline, which is fairly thick. That's thicker than quilting cotton by many hundreds of times, right? But the foot's level, the clothesline isn't made out of titanium. It's made of this, like, loosely woven it's cotton. It's very porous, yeah. yeah. It's going to – your needle will be able to go right. through it. And so I give a lot of sort of maybe things I wouldn't have done at another time in history. I say – be very careful with your machine and don't decorate this clothesline bowl if you're not sure your machine will handle it. But, yeah, it's kind of surprising. A machine can handle a lot of thicknesses when it's treated properly. And the other thing that is important here, too, is the bobbin system. Okay. So if you, oh, have, yeah. so if you have a – with the hook. Uh-huh. What is a it? Rotary the rotary hook. The rotary oscillating hook system, uh-huh. yes. It is a more stable system therefore sort of considered stronger okay when we started with the top loading bobbins 
there was a there were a lot of people like they wanted you know these fancy zigzag stitches or decorative stitches that you got with a top loading bobbin uh, that you couldn't get because the rotary hook only goes so far right okay well only um I don't know the science of it or the mechanics of it, but you know it will like you can only zigzag like is it four millimeters or something with an I can't remember. So you can't have like this big yeah. huge seven in seven millimeter millimeter design or whatever. It won't it won't do that. So a lot of people were disappointed and would not go to the top loading machines now. The top loading bobbins have gotten more sophisticated. They've gotten more yeah, stable. They've gotten better. But we there were people that would not yep. change from that that hooks. A lot of more you quilters, you guys. You yeah. wanted that nice yeah. stitch that you got from that oscillating rotary hook yeah. system. And it was true then. Now it's very hard to tell the difference. That's a you know, that's something I've kind of forgotten about that there were so many people who did not want to go right. to that drop in top loading bobbin right. for a long time right uh, yeah interesting okay so we hope that that uh I, you know i kind of wrote marissa back and uh, a little bit but so marissa commercial and industrial that term may be used interchangeably mm -hmm. we just see it that way right but you know we're just telling you what we know so that's yeah those are those are our thoughts on that and yeah you will you'll see all sorts of things called all sorts of things on the internet <laughs> i mean nowadays which is really it's, it's really well you know, I had an English teacher in ninth grade that talked about language and how important it was that, you know, a word needs to mean what a word is well, because be that's hard, how we though. communicate, right? But if there's no, you know, if there's no standardized, right. you know, like governing body. That's right. No one's whatever. governing your words. Yeah, and those aren't always uh, good. Either. Right. You no, know, no, no. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not. Right. But, yes, that is, I like to, when we talk about stuff, give you the definitions we're working with. So, okay, well, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and answer Kaisa's question. Edie, wouldn't it be cool if everyone who listened to this podcast could learn how to make perfectly fitting leggings directly from you, the leggings expert? Well, yes, Mal. That's why we produce the Made to Measure Leggings class. I teach anyone, no matter their age, ability, or gender, to make perfectly fitting leggings based on their measurements. And if someone is feeling particularly generous, they can make leggings for anyone who they can get to stand still long enough to measure. You, yes you, can get immediate access to all the videos and course materials in the Made to Measure Leggings class by going to SewHere.com leggings. This online class allows you to complete the process at your own pace, and you own it forever, so you can re-watch it as many times as you need. Stop struggling with the leggings that roll down or sag in the wrong places. I'll be your guide as you create leggings that are made especially for you. No matter what your equipment or skill level, ZD covers everything from measuring, drafting, cutting, and construction on a sewing machine or serger in this class. Go to SewHere.com leggings and get started today. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com.
Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. And we're back. All right, I totally lied. This this uh, question is not from Kaisa, but Kaisa, how's it going? Who's it from? Miriam. Oh, <laughs> so I, I remember seeing it also. Okay, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I want to talk about these, okay, I want to talk about posts, though. Okay, so okay. posts come up, and we have to approve them. Yeah. Right. So, sometimes I'm approving this stuff at, like, 3 a.m., but anyway, are, are you approving it, like, in between, you're like, nobody's been on here to approve posts, because you don't want anybody to wait no, too long. sometimes you all post at the exact same time, and I'm like, I was just on here. You know? I know, yeah, yeah, I know, that happens. <laughs> so, you know, Mallory and I, like, independently of each other, are trying to check and make sure we do posts. So, I'm going, and I see these posts, and I'm, you know, approve, approve, approve. And in my head, I've liked the post. Yeah. And then I go back and I'm like, I did, I, I know I, I know I told her I thought this was really. No. So if I don't respond to your post, and you think I've responded to somebody else's like and given them preference, <laughs> well maybe I have. <laughs> maybe I think your post but, sucks. Uh, no. But no, it might be you might get like me responding like a day or two no, days what later. I really, what I would ideally like to do is. Only approve posts when I'm like at my computer. I try so hard to do like work life balance and it doesn't work. And really read them and not like read them fast. And like, and like, but sometimes, you know, of course, the group, the beauty of the group is people can get answers from other people too. But do that because when you approve them on your phone, they just disappear. Yes. When you approve them on a computer, a little button pops up that says go to post. Right. But if you're approving it on your phone, which we probably do 85% of the time. uh, But, hey, heads up, this post was in the zigzag group, which does not require approval. Okay, there you go. Miriam and Kaiser are both fairly new to the zigzaggers, and I don't know why I don't know why I got it. Okay. There's no reason. I, I will get people confused that aren't at all alike. Okay, but, so like, let's, let's, I will get them confused. They will be the same person in my head. And even though I know they're not the same person in my head. Yeah. That's weird. Go okay. ahead. Uh, let's let's move on okay. to the question. Just, had a, just had to explain, explain that post thing. Miriam, thanks for the question. <laughs> she says, okay, fabric experts, here's one for you. When cutting out a pattern on knit fabric, how important is grain line? I know the way of stretch is important, but this darn curly selvage edge is causing me problems suggestions such a nicely written question like i felt like it was very easy to read Thank very you. professional question uh, so people were uh, a few people suggested things like uh, a little spray starch and a light mm-hmm. press she said that actually didn't help her so she tried that um and then someone wrote before i got there she said i clipped the selvages off and that is definitely something we do you can even clip the selvages like like notch, like notch clip, them. Clip, you can notch, do that whatever. too. Yeah. I rather cut them off. Just cut them off with the rotary cutter. The other thing that I have done before uh-huh. is tape them down. Okay. Okay. 
and I don't like that as much either because once it's down, like I can't move it around. When we were cutting out all that DBP for the sew here boxes, mm-hmm. which was, uh, you know, kind of a, just a nightmare process to do because you all were so wonderful and bought so many of them. And so we had to cut a lot of DBP, but we were trying to make sure it was all on grain. Right. And you can really see when you're getting like 40 yards of fabric mm-hmm. going through how much the salvage kind of draws it up. Mm-hmm. And when I'm cutting power mesh, I can, it's not as bad. As the DBP was. Right. Well, it's, it's stiffer, too. Yeah. You know, and that's why I always give people a couple more inches just in case there's I, weirdness. I often describe knits as, you know, trying to sew with sand or cut sand no, or deal. Because like it's that. like you start and it just goes, it's, you know, like it pours through your hand or whatever. So yeah. on a really rolly knit, just go ahead and... Cut the selvages off with your rotary cutter. Okay, and if you don't, here the other thing too is you may want to mark your selvages. Now, if if you you know if you've got a stripe and you can remember yeah. that the stripe goes parallel or perpendicular to the selvage, you know more power to you. Or put a note on that yeah. fabric someplace. This is you know a crosswise stripe, so that you know where this. But I'm telling you, if you don't mark it or tell yourself or something. It's very like, and you're not using it right away, or and you'll have scraps left over. You may not remember. Absolutely. And, and you know, some people can look at it and tell. Sometimes you can, and sometimes you can't. And if you order like six yards of a knit, and you're like, "Oh, this selvage is drawing it up at the edges." Mm-hmm. Okay, don't unroll that fabric, cut off all the selvages, and then store it. Right. You, you can probably want to wait until you're cutting out your garment because right. the selvage does protect. Yes. You know, the edge of the fabric a little bit. And the knits, I mean, this totally depends on what kind of knit you're working with. I can't make a broad and generalization. Here's the other they thing. They can fray a little bit. There used you know. to be like two knits, yeah, three right. knits. Now there's five million kinds of knits. And there are, you know, I will cut, uh, well, Paula was just showing us some of her cover stitching, right? In mm-hmm. the zigzag group. And she was like, How does this look? And I said, It looked great. And you're like, That's some bumpy ass knit. And it's Liverpool. It's Liverpool, which I, it's supposed to be bumpy. And I love to cover stitch on Liverpool. But you can get a knit that has a design mm-hmm. knitted into it or a bump or right, a. I just, hold right, on. go I'm ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. So if you have a cover stitch machine and you're wanting to practice, yeah. Liverpool is so awesome to practice cover stitching on. And not just a straight stuff. Uh, Paula was showing us some tests, but I have a. Easy tea made out of Liverpool, and it was the most wonderful neckline to cover stitch in my life because that knit, it's like a double knit, so it's just stretchy enough and just stable enough to do that, and it won't curl up. It is a nice stable knit. Sometimes you don't know how much the knit will curl either until you start cutting out your pattern pieces. Right. Okay? And this is what I do. Here, I'm just going to say what I do, and then you can say what you do. All right. I lay out my pattern pieces and I weight them down very, very well, okay? And I get the weights to as far to the edge of the pattern piece as I can, uh, you know, without getting in the way of my rotary cutter. I may use more pattern weights than had I been on some kind of stable woven. And you said rotary cutter, and believe me, that a big deal. really helps. And I cut out my piece. Okay, let's pretend it's like a short sleeve. So just envision the short sleeve. And I've got all my pattern weights around the edge of the pattern piece. And I cut it out and I mark my notches. Okay? And I may pin the paper pattern to the fabric, whatever, just to keep it together or not. And I pick it up 
and my edges roll like a crazy thing. Yep. And I just trust that I have cut accurately, okay? And I've marked my notches accurately. So then when I go over to the serger or the sewing machine or whatever to sew and I match my raw edges and gently smooth them out, I can trust myself. Okay, so if it is a different story if you start to cut something out and it rolls out of your control. Right. Now, but if you've weighted the pattern piece properly and you've cut accurately, then you should be able to work slowly at your machine and match up those raw edges. Okay, That's so, so you you said a couple of things there about rolling and, and yeah. gently matching. That's really important. And the reason I, know, I say important things and, and the all reason the time. It, here, here, okay, <laughs> here. Here's a reason that, that these are specifically important. So, a pin can stretch a knit. Yeah. Okay, it can contort a knit, and that will make things roll. Yeah. Okay, so the weight is a very good idea. The rotary cutter is a very good idea, because once you get up in, under there with a the scissor, you know, and you... It's the wild, wild west. Well, you everybody. undo that stack. Oh, yeah. You know, you're basically, you're, you're messing with your stack of your, you know, fabric oh, and your just, pattern. It, yeah. it gets in the way. So that's all very, and then you go over and you said you gently mm. match your edges because if you stretch them, they will roll more again. Yep. So the, you know, the more you contort that rolling edge. Yep. Okay, the more it, it's going to roll on so you. So all those things are important. Don't manipulate it more than you need it, to. You know, some knits are challenging. Yes. Sometimes you may decide it's not worth it. Oh yeah, you know I've, I I mean I started something and been yeah, like screw you this. may just <laughs> decide it's not worth it. You may go you know this is real good to make a headband out of, yeah. but I am not going to do a whole dress. <laughs> I mean, some of them you know it just takes so much. Now there are other ways to do this, mm -hmm. like um, ironing on wax paper. You know, but you still have to take it off. You know, all of these things I've heard, guys, I don't do them. I also, so the thing about like spray starch or ironing yep. on the wax paper or anything, this is how I envision this going for me. So even if I'm going to do something small. Right. Like a sh shirt or with a right. tank top or something. Like I want to, I would still want like some huge ironing space where my fabric wasn't hanging off the ironing board. And stretching out as I iron that wax right. paper on, or you, as I starch that. You know, fabric. you can take temporary adhesive spray. Yeah, you can spray your pattern pieces and all this, and put them down, and you know, or make pattern pieces out of, you know, other um, paper, right? Out of your pattern paper, yeah. you could do this. People do this, right. honest. Okay, I don't do this. Yeah, we don't. We I, don't I do have that. tried it because I, you know, people, someone told me to. Right. Someone suggested it. Okay, you still have, you know, so what happens is you either have to sew through that paper mm -hmm. when you're sewing your pattern pieces together, or you have to roll, you know, lift it back from the edge. Neither one is a happy thing to do. Oh, the other thing I was going to say is actually uh, weighting down like the negative space. Between the pattern pieces. Yes. So, okay. Yes. I, I meant to. I meant to bring that up. Yes. I'm sorry. Uh, or taping that. And that's what I. Well, that's what I was talking table. about. Taping. Yeah. You yeah. know, actually taping your yardage. Mm -hmm. I've been known to do that. Yeah. Tape okay. It. Or you take your selvages. You know, because you're say you're folding your fabric. Yeah. So you fold your fabric and you, you clip 
When I say clip, I mean with like a wonder clip with a wonder clip, right, or a, some sort of binder clip, whatever. You know, you're you can clip all of those edges together going right. down. You can also pin them, but again, you're talking about you know contorting. It, it contorts a bit, right? It, but ta- you can tape them down too. Uh-huh. Okay, and if you do tape them down, what you do is the top layer has to be about like a quarter inch off so that you're catching the top layer and, and the bottom, bottom layer to do point. it. And that I've done. Yeah, and I've weighted that I weighted that stuff too. So just like everything right. got weights all over it almost. Right. You know, uh, but we tape okay, we tape a lot of pattern pieces down mm-hmm. when we're drafting yes, and we stuff. Do. Yeah, that's something that And the tape we use is the low tech painter's, painter's tape. tape. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So like I said, sometimes I have it's like you cut you cut the pattern piece out, and you're terrified by how much the pattern piece is rolled up. Mm-hmm. But but it's all there. <laughs> yeah, but it's all there. It's okay because you cut correctly. Right. So let's pretend it's like the side seam of a t-shirt or something, where it's a, a little longer seam than like the shoulder seam or whatever. Mm-hmm. I may put those two p- pattern pieces together, right sides together, and put like one pin at the seam. Okay, I would put it like in the center. I like to pin perpendicular to my seam, so I'm reminded to take the pin Or again, out. you can use your clips. Yeah, you're, you could clip it. But it's just kind of keeping it together. Because it moves like sand. Yes. Yes. So it gives me a landmark. Okay, this is the halfway point. At this point, these two pieces of fabric right. together together here. Um, so that is, that's something that you can do, too. Uh, but, yeah, don't. I don't want to say don't worry if it rolls because, of course, it's a total pain and it's not fun. And I've had fabric roll over on me and then get, like, sewn into the seam so it's sticking out of the <laughs> garment. Like, I, that's something that has happened to me. But it really comes down to, you know, take your time over at your sewing machine and just smooth that. So don't be so terrified when it rolls over at your cutting table. That's right. Um, you know, prepare and I have had it happen before where I've got the, everything laid out. I start to cut, and I am I am surprised it's rolling so much. Right. I didn't expect it. So then I have to, whoa, pause in my uh, process and wait everything right. down to death, you know. So it it's not something you can always tell is going to happen with a knit. And if your cut end of the fabric has rolled up and you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm losing like six inches of my fabric. <laughs> Maybe you are. Really. Yeah. Well, unroll that. Tape it down. Right. You know, you're not stretching it out like crazy or anything like that, but just you know, tape that down, weight that down. Uh, and and again, it. what you you said, it's, I mean, try not to contort things. Yes. Try not to stretch. Try to. Now, she asked about grain line. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I I kind of I was focusing on the curly part for mm. sure. Um, but grain line is so important. Very important. In fact sometimes might be even more important in a knit than in a woven because the grain line, if you're off grain line in a knit, you get a drapey. You get really weird. Yeah. And and <laughs> I think I remember when we were cutting all of that double yeah. brush poly, showing you and Sam how you made sure it was on grain. Right. And it's not easy. No, you know, you have to fold your fabric, hold it up, and if there's a drag line in it, you are off grain. Yeah, well, let's describe that real quick. So you hold it up okay. selvage to selvage. Right. Okay, so it's like folded in half, probably longwise, you know. And then you adjust moving the two selvages, you know. Up and to, down, right. To Again. get something flat instead of it looking like a swag. Right. Okay, you make it so that it is folded in half. And I recently had to do that, like, on some linen I bought. 
And this is also why you order extra fabric, okay? Because here's the deal. It's not always the store's fault. They get a bolt of fabric that could have been bolted up slightly off grain and then they don't like wash that fabric or anything you know they cut it off and it looks like it's on grain because of how the fold has been put in there so very what do I want to say harshly I don't don't know but you know it's been folded like that so then I go to wash the fabric and then I line up the selvages and I have like a four inch yeah you know difference difference, and I am not at all I'm not like oh my god they messed up my order you know that is uh that is very common. That right. is why I give people extra fabric. Well, when I cut it but <laughs> unlike a woven, you cannot pull a thread usually, yep. yeah, or or um, you know, rip mm-hmm. and even line on your grain okay. line to know where you are. You really do have to know do how to thing. do the folding thing and not have a drag line, right? Yes. Uh, and so you. Want to? That's another reason to like mark where your selvages were, mm-hmm. especially when you start to get down to like scraps, right? Because sometimes you just you get to a place on a knit where you're like, "What? What is this even?" Because right. I've been cutting crazy stuff out of it, like shapes or you know a sleeve right. of a raglan or something like that. So it can be nice to do that. And she mentioned direction of stretch, so that is important. Okay, most knits will have the greatest stretch on the crosswise. Which Brain. is getting less and less common, I swear. Yeah, I know. swear it's less and less common. I just, it is. I, it's all these, like there's just all, my days. no, there's just all these, <laughs> you know, it's technology. It's all the newness. It's all different yeah. now. Um, and, you know, we didn't used to have like all of these like amazing ways to print on knit. Yeah, I was going to say, mom is not complaining. No. She loves the no. new knits. But, you know, the rule, the rules are still there, but the products change. Yeah, absolutely. So you have the, you do need to sometimes know your greatest direction of stretch because you want that to go, you know, however the pattern Usually you want that to go around the body, yeah. unless you're doing certain kinds of dance wear. Then you want it to go the length of the body. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Da-da-da-da-da. I was actually trying to, I was trying to be smart when I was cutting out the green sleeves for those rash guards that I talked about. Uh, I think it'll be an episode ago. And I was like, oh, could I use the selvage as the sleeve hem? You know, and then not have to hem the sleeves. But that did not have a lot of vertical stretch. I could not have, yeah. uh, like, put the vertical part around their arm, you know. Right. So it had to um, be the other way. But I was like, it, it was a cute selvage. It was not right. foiled, you know. What I knew someone who used to use the selvage as their finished edge, like, a lot. Yeah. Not not particularly on knits, but on wovens all the time. And I used to say, have you pre-washed that? Yeah. I would just say that. And no, I'm not worried about it. it uh, and uh, every occasionally, because what happens is the selvage does not react the same way no. as the rest of the fabric. Yes, so if you don't know so, this. So if you don't know that, you haven't pre-washed or you haven't pre-dried, right. you know, you can wind up with this garment and then this, like, screwed up edge someplace. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so if you don't know the selvage edge of a piece of fabric, it'll be just a completely different stitch pattern. Uh, right, it, right. That's the whole idea. It's it's just, yes. it's so it is stable. Yes, yes. And actually, I w- I showed that like 
little standy uppy loom that Derek got me, you know, a few years ago, and every once in a while I get to look at it. Uh, but I was doing some patterns on it, and I was doing like a twill weave. And the reason I was doing that is because I was trying to demonstrate how jeans are, how denim is, right. you know, with the twill weave. So it's like the three over, one under, right. you know, and it's staggered. And it's just kind of cool. But I did it kind of like on the edge, and I was like, oh, I need a little selvage here where I do the – one over yes. one. Is that called a tabby? Somebody who knows more about weaving can correct me. Uh, but I was like, I see how this makes this more stable. Right. You know? And there are people who use selvage edge denim. Like, they put the selvage in the seam. Right. That seam is straight. Right. You know, it's, it is uh, the garment's designed to be like that. Uh, anyway, I just, it is it is interesting. And on a on a knit... It's different too. It's not so on a knit. You want yes. You your grain line is important, Uh and like Mallory had just said, you also may want to consider which way it's stretching or which way is the greater or lesser stretch. Check it out. Right. Check it out, everybody. Uh, Some (laughs) of them stretch about the same both ways now too. Yes. Yes, they do. You know, it used to be that did not used to occur. I will tell you. You've got some of this gray knit over here that you're using for um, ear strappy deals on the mask, and I have a pair of leggings out of it, and it has a power mesh waistband, Mm -hmm. and the power mesh waistband is cut the other way, right? Because it was stretchy enough, right? To to have me put the vertical stretch going actually around my body. Yes. If you, I mean, you may you may be thinking, oh, I want it to be tighter. And you put the lesser yeah. stretch going around the body or whatever. And, and it just happened, you know, right. I didn't want it to be, like, constrictive, but it just happened that that's the way the pattern piece fit on there, and it works. Now, sometimes, though, I look at them, and I'm like, that's wrong, because I can see that it's mm-hmm. running the wrong way, <laughs> but it's fine. Uh, you know, but... I've, well, sometimes it changes the I color value of it, too, or it something. Does, it uh-huh. does, And they're like the gray heathered knit, so you just wouldn't right. think anybody would know, and no one else notices, only I notice, uh... But Actually, there are. I have on a pair of pants that's designed that way. It's designed to have the to, to have the backside and the front side and the wrong, you know, the the stripes. The, like going right, in right, right, because they're they're going for the texture of well, the different view of the fabric. I was thinking about that when I did the leggings with the side pocket, which was right. a, a zigzag live broadcast. You know, I thought, oh, I might want that side panel to actually go vertical, right? Because I don't want to have these like incongruous. You know, horizontal right. stripes. We didn't have enough fabric for me to do that. But, uh, it, you know, it's kind of an it's an interesting thing to play with if you yes. can with your fabric. Uh, but there are definitely fabrics which will not play nice the other way. And if I'd done my raglan sleeves for the kids right. the wrong way, it, they would not be able to move their arms right. in them as well. So uh, that's something very important. But, yeah, thanks, uh, both of you. Oh, they were both M's. So Good question. I made up Kaisa. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Uh, uh, you may recognize Kaisa from all of the cute outfits she makes for her grandchildren. But Miriam, thank you for your question. And Marissa, thanks for your question. And you can follow us on Instagram. We are at SoHereComm. ZD, take it away. So long and so happy. Thanks for listening to Sewing Out Loud. For even more expert sewing advice, visit SoHere.com. Hey, y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. 
Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina. 